Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 97. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. This We're going to do a... something special for 100 when we get there. No, I think this is the episode where uh, Mobile Couch died off. So maybe this is our last one. <laughs> No, it's nah. not. <laughs> <laughs> Still going. They they did every other week, and I think for like four years. So we're only on, what, this is our third year that we're going into. So we got a little while. So and nothing new really happened this week, did it? Pretty slow news week? Eh, you know, that Swift thing had some news. Well, sort of news, I guess. I mean, it's... Kind of the same news as they had for Swift 2 and Swift 3. You know, there still no stable ABI, but that doesn't, I don't think that means that much to the everyday app developer. Do you guys? I think for the most part it doesn't. I, I think where it comes into play is, you know, when a new version of Swift comes out, you've got to make sure all your third-party libraries are on the same version. Yeah, that's the big thing for an everyday app developer. But somebody, if you're Dropbox or somebody and you're trying to put out an SDK, then you don't want to have to try to compile. Well, one, you're going to force your users to be on whatever version of Swift that you've compiled your SDK with. And that's just, that sucks. So, yeah, there is a blog post uh, that was really good. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But they're like, we should probably call it Swift 0.4 instead of Swift 4 at this point. Well, yeah, because it's what? This will be Swift's fourth year of actual production development or production deployment. And we still don't have a, a way of creating a binary that we can just share with people. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, the approach that the Swift team has taken. Like, I, I remember complaining about basically the opposite uh, when I was doing Java work. They really were very cautious about changing stuff. They added language features, and in order to maintain a stable ABI, they kind of gimped the features. Like, there is no type information for generics right? until a long time later well, for no. Java. Generics are still the same way the Objective-C implements generics where it's really just a, a type erasure i thought in java 8 they added metadata for that maybe maybe it still is that way but yeah last time i used java there was they were still just kind of syntactic sugar essentially yeah and, and of course and that that had different implications because you couldn't just take an array of something and return that something back you're you you were really kind of handicapped as far as the way the generics worked in Java, and the, it's the same way in Swift. You know, if you your generics are the strong typed way, and you can't really put say a a foo into a, an array of bar, but you can declare an array of bar in Objective C, and it'll easily let you append a foo in there but other than that and you know we're we're getting 
they're promising source stability. So as far as most of us in this podcast go, we should be fine. It's, it's just there's these nagging features that are left unanswered, and it's year four. If you have not already jumped on the Swift bandwagon, it seems like this is kind of another reason to say, I'll wait another year, see how it goes. Because, uh, I mean, part of the, in, in theory, the benefit of Swift is, you know, once library developers can really use it, you know, once Apple can actually use it and ship stuff in their OS, then we'll get some cool libraries from Apple that maybe even justify using Swift better, or maybe at that point um, they can think about, even think about deprecating Objective-C, but, you know, if everyone at Apple is still using uh, Objective-C for the most part, it's, I don't know, it's it's hard to, to really get behind it for me, especially when there's not not that much to gain for it. Yeah, I mean, right there now, are there are things to gain from using it as, as a language. It's better in a lot of ways than Objective C, but yeah, there's there's productivity gains, and as long as those productivity gains aren't erased when you're trying to port from one version to the next version, then you should be coming out ahead. But Apple does use Swift, even in things that get shipped to end users. Well, but like they, the framework developers. Yeah, the framework developers don't use Swift though, and that's that's where I, I would see like the big benefit coming is once we've got some cool Swift frameworks that were designed to be used in Swift, and or maybe there is no Objective C equivalent or you know something yeah. like that. That that's gonna be like oh maybe I will have to check this Swift thing out. I can do this cool new whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, but they've they've promised not to do that kind of thing. At least for now. All right, maybe they'll come Have out they? with some. Yeah, they they want to support Objective C as a first class citizen for a long, long time. Whether that really makes sense is another story. Yeah. One thing that I did see that that is interesting about Swift features that are in the planning, at least, is uh, some some Rust like features for memory ownership. So you can uh, pass ownership of an object to another set of code. And that's kind of the way Rust works. Uh, Rust has this uh, borrowing concept. So if you want to pass an object down to a subroutine or something, and that subroutine needs to modify that object, then it has to take ownership of that particular bit of memory for a while and that kind of thing is supposed to be a optimization to uh, make the language fit where C fits so that you're not incurring this overhead from ARC and that's pretty neat and I think that comes from a lot of the early Rust developers now working on Swift at Apple I didn't realize that they had a bunch of of the Rust guys. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, at least two of them. Well, yeah, it seems like this this whole, you know, actually having different memory models or this Rust-like thing or is the thing that's holding up the, the Swift ABI, but it seems like they're pretty, they feel pretty 
uh, good about the fact that they need to get that in there, uh, you know, just so that Swift can be used at any level in the stack that you'd want to use it. So, I mean, Chris Latner, that's what he was talking about when he said, yeah, probably won't have the stable ABI. So he kind of was like doing that thing where they're like, it may not be there, guys. And we, we talked about it back then, too, but it's like, oh, yeah, he was right. <laughs> yeah. Socializing the idea. Yeah. He's even doing Apple PR when he doesn't work for Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Nobody socialized the idea of Dub Dub moving to San Jose. That was pretty much just a splash of cold water in the face. And, and an early splash at that. It's almost like your mom came in and... 10 minutes early to wake you up to go to school and instead of yelling at you she threw a glass of cold water in your face and said hey get up here it is i don't know if if that's the best analogy but let's go with it (laughs) well okay yeah i've been on the road for several hours today (laughs) let's let's run with it yeah apologies in advance for really bad analogies it's all good so why do, so, do we know have the, do they say why San Jose or is it just kind of like this is where it's going to be and people are kind of guessing why it's in San Jose? I think they did mention that the logistics are a lot better as far as getting Apple employees on site. Yeah, I think Phil Schiller mentioned that on uh, in an interview or, or okay. online yeah. somewhere with uh, Jim Dalrymple. Interesting. Yeah, because I wouldn't think logistics would be any better for developers. Right. I I don't. From what I remember, the the venue doesn't hold many more people, if if any. So maybe those, all those extra people are going to be Apple employees. So maybe there's a better, you know, Apple employee to developer ratio there. That's, I mean, that could be cool. Some good labs. I don't know if they were having issues with the labs getting overflown. Over. I'm sure logistically it's difficult to get engineers back and forth and. Um, you know, I, I guess we could take this as a good sign that the engineers are really busy. They need to save that commute time to, to uh, get their work yeah. done. So hopefully that, that means we'll get some pretty nice new toys. Yeah, well, it's a good 45-minute to an hour drive, right, to get to Cupertino from downtown San Francisco? Yeah. And, you know, they're probably taking the train in, but it's, you know, between train and transferring over it's yeah it's realistically it's probably a good 45 minutes plus yeah so you're looking at say a good two hour round trip if you forgot your your phone back at work or something yeah yeah or, I, you know and, and you know we've seen in the past they're often still working pretty hard you know to get everything done and Often we get updates not long after dub dub, so Yeah. So as far as logistics is getting there, it's gonna you know, all of our past experience is kind of out the door. I know you can technically fly into the San Jose airport, but it's really not that big of an airport. Yeah, and the logistics get a lot more interesting. I, uh, there's two hotels at the venue. I don't know if they're big enough to hold uh, everybody who would be attending. 
uh, be kind of interesting if it did. You know, everybody kind of in in basically the same place. Um, I don't know about restaurants and other things. You know, every year there's lots of vendors that have parties, so that that needs to be figured out. Sounds like Altconf is going to try and move to be close to the venue as well. Uh, so, you know, might see the usual extra uh, number of people traveling to San Francisco just to um, be near the event and attend Altconf and related events. Uh, you know, looking on Twitter, you know, we might see a little bit of a decline in international travel given current travel policies in, in the U.S., but I don't know if that'll make tickets easier to get this year or not. <laughs> I doubt it'll make uh, that much of a difference, will it? Yeah. I don't know. It's not I, really the silver lining I want to look at. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to talk up the the uh, travel yeah. ban as a as a pro, but um, you know, in our office, it was kind of de- debating whether or not everybody should join the lottery, knowing that typically, you know, really the last three years we haven't had a single ticket uh, from our team. But if ticket sales are down, then, you know, we can't really afford to send everybody either. That's a pretty big expense. And we've got clients we need to continue to support. All right. Well, you can always shift one of those tickets my way if you need to. I feel like they've gotten more strict about that lately, haven't they? In terms of transferring? I know yeah. in the past they've allowed you to transfer within your team. Uh, from company to company, that's uh, typically that's... not allowed. Right. Although, if, you're, if your company is big enough or has big enough knowledge with Apple, then... You may be able to be like, hey, we need some more tickets. And they're like, all right, here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, they do that. We're an eight-person right. company, so it's less likely they'll they'll reserve tickets for us. But it, it uh, does yeah. happen. Sam might be able to, to work something somehow. I've, I've definitely been at clients where some things were arranged. Uh, it, to my benefit. So... I don't know about my current position or not, but yeah, so, we'll see. So outside the location change, as far as we know, everything is going to be basically the same, you know, same general format, five days, um, probably expect to see the bash. Some people were speculating whether or not uh, the bash would happen at the Apple campus. A spaceship bash would be pretty cool. If nothing else, it'd be cool to at least, hopefully it's far enough along, people can get a a view of of the new campus. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Apple would want to try to police that, you know, to try to keep people from breaching their security. Yeah, and just safety. You know, if it's still an active construction site, safety is going to be. Uh, well, that too. Well, if it's an active concern. construction site, they're not gonna have a the bash there. <laughs> right, right. I um, think it's presumably close most to of the constructions though. on the inside at this point. Yeah. So, uh, it, may, it may be feasible. 
Yeah, but San Jose is a large city. It's technically population-wise, it's larger than San Francisco. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I suspect though, you wouldn't be able to walk from the venue in San Jose to the spaceship. So, I think. It's probably unlikely that the bash will be held there. Yeah. Uh, supposedly the downtown is very walkable and very nice, but once you get outside of downtown, it's pretty much cars. They have Caltrain, but they don't have BART. So are either of you planning on attending? I, I think I would like to go. Yeah. It's definitely... There's definitely that that appeal of going out there and being in that crowd. But there's also the, just the idea of not having to hassle with everything and still being able to watch the videos live for most of the sessions. There, there's, there's that. And, and maybe even a smaller conference like 360 iDev would be enough to, to satisfy me. What about you, Argo? Um, you went out last year without even having a ticket. Yeah, I went to AltConf last year. I don't know. It. I'm not super pumped about it, so I may enter the lottery. I'm not even sure at this point. Uh, although, actually, you know what? I don't have a choice because I have a family vacation planned, and I, I guess I'm. I knew that, but I'm not super bummed. And I'm not going to be able to go. So yeah, I'm not sure exactly why that is. Uh, I don't know. What about? What about you, Alex? At this point, I'm. it's kind of hard for me to get excited about it, um, partially because it's pretty far away, but you know, I'm really kind of struggling to think what, what might be the focus of the event. You know, I'm not really anticipating any, any like major new devices or, or technologies. I think we've talked before about, you know, we know Apple's hiring people for AR, VR, but, you know, I, I think generally we're assuming that they're probably another year away before they release any hardware to support it. Yeah, for it's it's too early, I think, in the in that realm for Apple to release anything for sure. They want to see other consumer stuff out there that's even, like, somewhat successful before they dip their toes in the water. They've made comments that AR is more interesting than VR, which is a harder problem to solve. So, you know, that that's another reason why it might get pushed out. So, you know, we should see the 10th anniversary of the iPhone uh, with a fairly nice new uh, hardware. But in terms of, like, software and um, new opportunities for us, I... At this point, I, I can't really anticipate anything that's going to be really exciting. I I suspect it's going to be more iteration on some of the extensions we saw last year, maybe more with sticker packs and message apps and map apps, maybe a little bit more Siri uh, uh, capability. Well, and I think we even got some new Siri extensions in 10.3, didn't we? Yes, there were. Uh, I think there was one around... Was it payments or car sharing? I thought there was both of those. It may be both, yeah. 
it seems like they're just going to roll those out when they're ready for them or whatever, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's, yeah. we've, it's kind of cool to get new features. I, I, I can imagine there being some, you know, iPad related things at, at DubDub. Yeah. It seems like there's some stuff they've been working on for a while that they've been holding back. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see, uh, refactoring in Xcode 9. I don't think we're going to see <laughs> Xcode on the iPad anymore. Wait, so why, why no refactoring? <laughs> I just... You're just pessimistic? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll see things like Portal 3 and some other games like that come out before we get refactoring. Wow. I don't know. Man, Portal 3? Yeah. That's pretty cold. <laughs> That's going to be VR only, just FYI. Yeah, and yeah very yeah. Uh, nauseating uh, game as you're flying through the air in VR. <laughs> Details. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you have the those goggles strapped to your head, and you just put a bucket underneath it, and you're fine. Yeah. I. You know, I, I want to get excited about this, about uh, the next iOS update and uh, new features. I just can't really... Uh, think of what more they're going to do that isn't just minor improvements on what's already there uh you know i hope they surprise us and come out with something really cool um ai is definitely a space that i know they're going to be doing more with but um there's still a decent gap between siri and some of the competitors so i'm not sure we're going to see any leapfrogging in the ai space this year they they do have ways of surprising us. None of us really expected Swift, you know, going back four years ago, right? You know, we had no idea, and it was like, oh, here's one more thing, Objective C without the C. Yeah. Which, is anything what that Swift that is really not how you would describe Swift ever, but yeah, I mean maybe maybe it's good that we don't really have any big ideas of what's coming next because they've been working on stuff something for a year, right? So there's going to be something they they talk about. So maybe we'll be actually be surprised for once. I feel like yeah. you know the last couple of years it's been like so same old same old. Uh, the leaks start happening months beforehand, and it's like oh, well we're. Nothing new. We're keeping our we're keeping our expectations low, hoping to be surprised. Yeah, that uh, sounds good. Great, hoping that it's not going to be Johnny Ive uh, dancing on stage, showing us the uh, um, Planet of the Apps uh, trailer. Did you mean oh. did, did you mean Eddie Q? Because I don't Eddie think Q. I don't think Johnny Ive. Yeah. Sorry, likes to you're do right. Live stuff. Period. <laughs> you're right, Eddie, Eddie I think Q. Johnny Ive. Johnny Ive only dances in jib jab videos. Yeah. For all we know, he's dancing the entire time. We just can't see him. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Eddie Q. Uh, I, yeah, I'm. You know, Apple has <laughs> definitely been moving towards. Right now. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, okay. Uh. <laughs> you know, I mean, Apple's revenue has been shifting a little bit towards their services so and original content. So we might see. A little bit more of that this year. Uh, we saw quite a bit of it the last two years, really. But um, I really don't care to see Planet of the Apps. Yeah, well, they they claim they're going to start creating content 
along the lines of Stranger Things. So if they can do it, great. Looking forward to it. But yeah, um, it's we'll we'll see if they can pull it off. They definitely been able to get a strong foothold in the music industry. We'll see if they can do it uh, with uh, original uh, television content. Yeah, by no means do I think any of us are like video content experts, but I I have a feeling that Planet of the Apps is not really a show for us, probably. (laughs) No. It'll be weird. They've got some decent star power hosting it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, probably check out an episode, maybe, but I'm not expecting, like, it's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. It'll be all right. Some some people will think it's cool. It'll be the best thing since the last train wreck you watched. That was a great <laughs> movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, may, it may end up being a, a great show. It might be very entertaining. Who knows? Um, speaking of videos... Uh, Swift Summit 2016 videos are now online. At least a handful of them. I don't. I don't know if they have the entire uh, collection out there now, but uh, I think there's a good five or six out. And uh, there's usually pretty good content at Swift Summit every year. There's definitely a, f- a few of them that I hope they do put out pretty soon. Yeah. I have this. Passing, passing fascination with GraphQL. I think that it's a much nicer way to write your endpoints. And it's not really even writing your endpoints. It's just a nice way of querying your endpoints, and yeah. it would make life a lot easier. Yeah, Artsy had a pretty good post on their kind of JavaScript stack, and uh, they also talked about GraphQL. Uh, but the video f- uh, from Swift Summit, interfacing with GraphQL and Swift, that one is available online now. Oh, great. I'll be watching that one soon. Yeah, that sounds fun. Huh. Is there anything else that, that really uh, you guys have already seen or are really interested to look at there? Personally, I've been out of the, the loop for the last few days, so I haven't had a chance to look at any of these. And there's uh, one video on Swift enums and state machines. I'm going to check that one out. And then Storyboards Revisited. I don't necessarily know what that one's about, but I'm somewhat intrigued. So, uh, And most of these are you know, somewhere around 25 minutes, so they're not... Uh, you don't have to block off a great deal of time to, to watch them, so... Hey, just throw them on your iPad while you're making dinner. And by the time you're done, the, we're watching the video. The dinner should be ready to go. So, Argo, I think you were talking about more app shaming uh, with the latest beta. What's yeah. that about? So, uh, 10.3 beta 3 uh, is the latest beta as we record this. And uh, in the, it's kind of a weird spot. Uh, remember how we talked last episode about uh, apps that are 32-bit only, you get a warning when you open them, like a little alert. Uh, yeah. And so in beta three, they've added a new section under general about and settings. Weird, I know, but it's it's called like uh, app compatibility, and it lists all of the apps that are not 
64 uh, bit. So, wow. so it's like <laughs> this is kind of like the the power usage thing in, in Mac OS. Al, or Apple is just kind of like calling calling you guys out. Uh, and I I looked on my phone and there are actually a couple apps that like I I use fairly regularly that that you can tell or maybe apps that some company made three years ago, four years ago, and haven't had a reason to update them. So it makes me wonder what's going to happen when they, when they say, all right, iOS 11, these apps are gone from the app store or something like that. Uh, that might be a good opportunity for some consulting companies to redo a bunch of apps. I don't know. Well, you're, you're assuming that these people, that would be customers to these consulting companies would still have their source code. Well, that's why I'm saying it might be a brand new app. <laughs> yeah. In which case they have to really make a, a judgment call, whether it would be worth having or not. Well, like a lot of them I notice are a lot of times, and this may be a whole other topic, but like you get some hardware, some, it seemed like, you know, things that, the app is a feature of whatever this product is. It's not the product. So like, I think like a receiver or some speaker system or like a TV had an app and it was, it was only 32 bit. So like I would be pissed as a, someone who bought a TV if all of a sudden I can't, I was using my app to do whatever with my speakers or whatever it is, and all of a sudden it doesn't work. But that's kind of been an issue with all of the smart devices, you know, that we've gotten is, okay, they kind of work, and sometimes they work really poorly doing whatever their smart function is, and and then it's like, all right, what happens when someone stops supporting that? It's kind of been one of right. the biggest questions. Like, if you get a washing machine, you're not going to get a new washing machine in two years when... Uh, you know, the new iOS <laughs> app update, update comes out and kills off your app. <laughs> yeah, I I have one of those uh, iHome uh, radios, clock radios, where I dock my phone to at night. And I know the app that comes with that has not received an update in a long time. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that one falls underneath that umbrella. Oh, I'm sure it will. There's ones that I thought had gotten more recent updates, and it, I don't know if it's they're using some... Maybe they're using some cross-platform something that only builds 32-bit right now, and there's they've like updated it recently, and it's still 32-bit only. I don't know. Yeah, we had an app like that that we inherited from another firm. That uh, you know, first getting the source code was a bit of a challenge, and you know, once we got that, we had to rebuild it with a newer version of Unity in order to even get it to to work. Uh, so we we specifically did that to get it from the 32-bit to 64-bit. So I thought Apple wasn't accepting 32-bit submissions. I don't believe they are, but you probably have a decent amount of old. It may yeah, uh, it may just be updated six notes. months ago or something, right? I mean, they it's only been since January they stopped, hasn't it been? No, I thought it was. Was maybe, it a year ago uh, or two years ago? Maybe it was longer. At least a year ago. Yeah, I, I, I remember think you're seeing right. the message. But yeah, there is. I was surprised how many apps I have. Although I may just have too many apps on my phone, I'm not sure. Uh, when you guys update 
or to 10.3 or if you get the beta just i'm curious check and see how many you have maybe we'll talk about it next episode if you guys update okay right. yeah i'm a little hesitant to update right now but eh, don't don't update just for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm dedicated yeah man. feel I'm really dedicated feel to free this. to to be reasonable or only use a test device or something but yeah uh, I, I didn't buy the iPhone 7, so I don't have a, a, ready, a ready-made test device from it's, right now. It's been pretty stable so far for me, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it has. The, at this point in time, usually the betas are just polishing what's out there. And things, maybe a couple new features, but nothing earth-shattering like what we're going to see in June. Well, there I go again, uh, setting high expectations. <laughs> well, there's hardware, and then there's the the software side, so we'll see. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's about it for us tonight. Yeah. Uh, why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the internet? You can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. I'm at Alex Argo. And I'm at Sam Corder. The podcast is at Shared Inst on Twitter, and... If you want to tell us that we're that we should be expecting more from Dub Dub and Apple, then uh, hit us up on our Slack. You can get a free invite to that at chat.sharedinstance.com. I'll see you guys later. And if you want a paid invite, just email my personal. E- <laughs> Here's my PayPal. <laughs> All right, see you guys.